0: Good morning, good afternoon. We are, it's October 22nd. And today we're talking Knicks. It's the opening week of the season. The Knicks are going out to defend their title. Nope, we um, were just kind of looking for them to show us something. We're not even sure what we wanted to see, but we saw it. But uh, before we dive in, let's uh, let's talk Knicks. The New York Knicks select Kristaps Porzingis. To toes, puffing and stuffing. And exciting, the crowd. I'm Jake Storielli, You guys may know me from either Talking Yanks or maybe you just know me. I don't know. I'm I'm here with uh, we we kind of rotate some guys in today. I'm here with uh, Greg Poon. Greg.
1: Hey, what's going on? I wasn't here you? last. I wasn't here last week. I was I was drafting a fantasy basketball team for my friend from college. So priority. Yeah, I mean I got so. him Enes Cantor okay okay so well, hopefully he's good uh, i don't know
0: hopefully they track we'll offensive rebounds and
1: yeah we'll talk about him throughout points, the spot, i'm sure
0: points given up <laughs> um yeah greggy's greggy's a boston college guy Knicks fan yanks fan we just talked some yanks we we're a little sad about that
1: they did their um, best
0: and yeah we uh you know, again, kind of, if you joined us from Talking Yanks, Talking Knicks, we're we're fans. This is kind of going to be the weekly show. We're going to have some bias sometimes. At times, we're going <laughs> to crap on the Knicks harder because we are Knicks fans. So we'll uh we'll get into it this week. The Knickerbockers had two games. Uh, their opening game was at Oklahoma City, where we just traded Carmelo Anthony to. It. So that was pretty convenient for the NBA. Yeah. And. <laughs> Isn't that that's kinda of crazy, dude. There's there was a lot of that. I'm starting to think the NBA I'm not I'm not gonna call conspiracy theories, but I mean like
1: Like the I don't know. Kyrie at the Cavs, game one of the year.
0: Yeah, Kyrie at the Cavs. I don't know. Like I saw Tim Hardaway Jr. playing against
1: his dad his, son,
0: his dad coaches. Yeah. yeah, so I don't know. I mean that was game two, like that <laughs> if the NBA is playing in that stuff, that's way too far, but <laughs> i don't know kind of crazy i mean the knicks the knicks looked okay for a while they hung for the first what quarter and a half
1: yeah i think with and about then, four minutes left all hell broke loose it was uh, tied and the Thunder just ended the half on a 13 to 2 run that was... yeah and they
0: were the, that first game they were kind of playing kind of what we were hoping from knicks basketball right i mean Cantor was kind of abusing them down low i I, we mentioned it on the season preview a little bit, but he's a he's a good regular season player. I mean, you just he just gets so many easy buckets that just leak off the rim, and other big guys are pulling dandelions pretty much.
1: Yeah, he's like a, a Tristan Thompson if he's just committed fully to offense and not defense. Yeah, he just like he uses his defensive energy to to score baskets instead of playing defense. Uh. Yeah.
0: And then, um, yeah, I mean, the only OKC ran away with it. I mean, they're they're going to be they're one of the few championship contenders this year. I I mean, the the thing of note, that's (laughs) going to be a topic throughout the season and later in the show. I mean, the point guard play was just atrocious that that was the only thing that really jumped off the page. I mean, the bigs kind of did some good, some bad. Chris Dabbs looked pretty good. The Wings didn't play great, but they weren't terrible. I mean, there was a part of the game where Ron Baker and Sessions looked like guys that shouldn't be in the league.
1: Yeah, I know. I mentioned it to you while we were actually watching the game. I said, Ramon Sessions looks like he's never passed the basketball before. Ron Baker looks like he's never dribbled a basketball before. And Frank looks like he's never played basketball in his entire life. Those Those first four minutes that he got in, he just looked like he wasn't ready. He's, his arms weren't up on defense. He was just like squirming around. He looked like on offense, uh, one time there was an outlet to Tim Hardaway Jr. Frank just went to went to get the, the ball because he's the point guard, and he just ran into Tim Hardaway, slowed yeah. down the fast break. And then on, when he actually had the ball, it looked like he was pretty set on the set plays and not ready to go with the flow of the offense. Like if if the play was to pass it to this person, that's what he was about to do, no matter what.
0: So, yeah, yeah. I mean, any any other thoughts on the the Thunder game? I, the only other thing that's jumping out, and again, it, we'll we'll talk about it because I think it's more of a main topic. But um, I mean, Willie Hernan Gomez didn't get in until like four minutes left in the game, or something like that. Yeah,
1: that was bad.
0: That that was kind of tough, and I I don't know. I mean, that's the glutton of bigs that we've talked about, and we're we're going to circle around on that. So,
1: I mean, then, that's then, uh, then- Again, talk more about Frank. He he got in at the end, the end with uh, Hernan Gomez, and he looked he looked ready to play basketball. He's,
0: yeah, he, you could tell. I mean, he airballed his first two shots. He clearly yeah. came out jittery and was I don't know. We uh, the Lonzo Ball Beverly thing got a lot of love because yeah. it's Lonzo and Beverly's a defensive stud. But yeah, I mean, I you feel bad. You're putting a 19 year old kid. Out there against Russ in OKC opening night. So that was tough, but.
1: Yeah, so I think he'll be fine. It was just a bad first couple minutes, but at the end I felt better. I was like, okay, he belongs on the court at least.
0: Yeah. So the second game they played this week, they had their home opener um, and they played really well to start. They, uh, so they played Detroit they went up 21 points like mid second quarter and they were playing really good basketball. Again, Chris Stapps had another good game. Um, Cantor was banging again. Again, he just, cause he doesn't even get like mean offensive rebounds. Like you see a guy snare one on the boards. You're like, Whoa, like that guy's banging. Like even like air ish type shots that nick the rim and stuff. Cantor's just there. And that, that was pretty cool when, when that was rolling, and I guess the, the follow-up statement with the point guards is that uh, <laughs> I, the way I put it was that game, Sessions and Baker, both played like decent backup point guards. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's they,
0: tough. They, they both came in and kept it going a little bit, but it was still like a clear weakness. Um, yeah. And Frank, Frank was out this game, and I, I guess the – the only other thing that jumps to mind with me was that Tim Hardaway Jr. came out pretty cold. I think he was 0 for his first 6 or 0 for his first 7, and then he either went 3 for 3 on his final threes or 3 for 4, I forget. But that that was good to see. At least Timmy Timmy got something clicking.
1: Yeah, I mean, I didn't watch the game, but I've, I've looked at the, the box score and read, read through most of the play-by-play. And, I mean, it looks like Baker did a, a pretty good job with his uh, 15 minutes, but then it looks like Sessions, like you said, looked like a backup point guard, but he was he was playing starting point guard minutes, 33 minutes, uh, minus 11, led the, or led the team. I don't know, led? Is that the right word? <laughs> minus 11? Kind of. And uh, then just the end of the second quarter, beginning of the third quarter is where they lost the game. When they were they were up twenty one and then with they were up twenty one with three forty one left in the second and they cut it the uh, Pistons cut it to thirteen by half and then beginning of the second half the Pistons just went on like a what an eight oh nine oh run, cut it to four to, at the very beginning.
0: Yeah, that that was clearly the difference in the game. I I we've been writing uh kind of post game summaries. Kind of from our from our opinions and man, I I, I watched the game this morning because I watched the Yanks live last night. Man, Anthony Tolliver, who he comes up on my list of like, I get it. Like he's a wing, he plays solid defense, he he can do a lot of everything, kind of okay. He's annually, if you look at just stats accumulated per minute played, he is just one of the lowest. For whatever reason, he gets. 20 to 25 minutes on every team he plays on, and he averages three one and one. But the coach loves him because he like hustles and plays defense. The Knicks made him look like Scottie Pippen. He was running around the court. It was just grabbing boards like he was doing like cool passes, which like wasn't. I've never thought I'd s- say Anthony Tolliver was throwing cool passes, but um, they got killed on the wing. And so what led me into this, which. I I didn't know where it would come up, but I'm kind of glad it came up now because it's it's been one of the biggest things I've been thinking about, is that, you know, the NBA is a game of streaks, right? You you just see it happening. When one team gets the momentum, a big part is limiting the other team's momentum. That's just kind of how the NBA is with that many talented people once the ball gets rolling. So then normally a team looks for a stopper. Usually it's their best player or something like that, you know. it's, it's kind of hilarious when teams are in that tough moment, they usually break down and just go, okay, let's go iso ball, which just fuels <laughs> which just fuels team. the other team pretty much. But the thing that kind of caught me, and I, I think we're going to see a lot of it during the next season, is that, you know, I, I say you go to your stopper. And hopefully Porzingis is that for us. Maybe Tim Hardaway Jr. finds a knack in those situations. But I think what's going to lead back to a lot of the Knicks' problem is that point guard play. When we're – when times – when the other team starts going, the ball's going to be in our point guard's hands at some point. (laughs) And that's kind of a bad sign. So I I think that's my kind of what to watch for in the coming weeks is when the other teams start getting momentum, the Knicks might – like I don't want to say Achilles' heel because I think a lot of things could be their Achilles' heel. But – I think when other teams go on streaks, it's just going to be ugly.
1: Yeah, and uh, with with Porzingis being the best player, he's <laughs> he's he's not bringing the ball up the court. That's the problem with with the point guard. With like uh, last year, Melo, even if he's playing power forward, you can give him the ball, have him bring the ball up the court. But you're not going to give the ball to a seven three guy to bring the ball up the court. You, you're going to be relying on your point guard a lot and unless tim hardaway jr starts showing more and i'm sure i'm sure they'll give him the keys to the kingdom eventually anyway so he'll be bringing it up but you'd you'd like to see a point guard just i don't know they they literally just need someone who doesn't turn it over and who does just knock down an open shot that's all they want and they they don't have that for some reason it seems like a fairly straightforward job description for an nba player <laughs> yeah. but like don't make a fancy pass just move the ball around it's uh, ron baker the other day when he, he made a decent defensive play tipped the ball started the fast break did a behind the back pass to carmelo anthony who was no longer on his or no to raymond, <laughs> raymond, raymond, raymond felton who was no longer on the knicks and Felton just passed it up to uh Carmelo Anthony for fast break three. It was like, what are you doing, Ron Baker?
0: Yeah, that that was that was pretty demoralizing.
1: Yeah, Yeah. and then Ron (laughs) Baker had his got his cookies taken by Raymond Felton also, and just like this guy is 45 years old. How (laughs) how how are you letting him do that? And it was funny. I, I was
0: talking to my Oklahoma City fans, and they were like, "Man, Felton might be decent if he got in a little better shape." And I was like, "This is Felton in his best shape." Yeah. You should see what I've seen.
1: Yeah. The uh, thing about those cookies is that Baker was, like, trying to make it so that Felton couldn't steal the ball. It's not like he was trying to cross him up and he stole it. He was just, like,
0: yeah, literally
1: <laughs> back to him, warding him off. And Raymond Felton yeah. stole the ball. So, we'll see what happens going forward <laughs> yeah let's not, I, I feel like' we're, I feel like we're not done with this
0: but we'll we'll keep it moving for now let's let's, uh, let's
1: get to the positives
0: yeah and well, let's <laughs> we'll see how many of those there are but we'll uh you know our we we're gonna kind of divvy this into segments if, if you guys the fans have some suggestions for different things you know we, we like to keep it cute and fun for our t- small topics to kind of get the ball rolling I'm gonna call them the layup line Layup line. That's how you get warm. That's how you get it going. Um, so, just kind of some of the layup line topics. I think that cover this first week. We had a lot of debuts. I, I kind of, I want to divvy them out kind of between the bigs and the smalls a little bit. So let's, let's go. Um, I don't know. But let's kind of start with Cantor, McDermott, and Beasley's debuts. What, what do you think about them?
1: I mean, I like Beasley a lot. One of my favorite players ever. You think the talents there. He's a psychopath. Which I love. That's what I'm about. Yep. And uh I mean, unfortunately, that first game, he comes in, knocks down the three, and lands on Westbrook's foot. sprains his ankle's out for the rest of the game. But I mean, that three was was promising. You know, you'd like to see yep. him, him playing the four, being able to stretch the floor. Uh fortunately he's not hurt. I didn't see him yesterday, but he got he got back in already, which is good. I'm sure he's probably still hurt. If he, he didn't look like he was walking very well after that first game. So, hopefully he'll yeah. progress still. He looks solid. He right, looks solid the second game. I mean, then McDermott, I mean, we want him to be a shooter. He's been missing these, these first few games, but it's, it's, that's just shooting. Sometimes it goes in, sometimes it doesn't, and hopefully it, at some point it'll start going in. And then uh, Cantor, you want to talk Cantor?
0: Yeah, I mean, the I, I think Cantor was doing some – kind of great stuff what we've expected from Cantor it felt like both games he only did it in the first half which I I don't know I mean it's also how the game's going I think it's also also rotations which is obviously a popular topic um early in the season Cantor's look good I mean the I I guess my only question mark at this point is you know can can he do it for like a whole game because right now I feel like both games he almost dominated a quarter slash a chunk of the first half and then the second half he was kinda MIA. But um yeah, I and my my big thing to note amongst those guys, you, you nailed Doug. He's gonna shoot. <laughs> some days they'll drop, some days they won't. He's he's looked pretty solid. Um Beasley, my kind of what to watch for there is so obviously he does kind of unique stuff on offense. You're wondering if he can be the Knicks kind of second unit. Go to whatever it is, kind of a point forward facilitator,
1: like a Derek Williams we had a few years ago.
0: Yeah, a little something like that. Um, you know, uh, B squad, Lamar Odom, if you want to think of it like that, whatever it is. Um, I, I would say. So we'll. <laughs> I keep saying we're going to delve into things. We already are. Uh, the The other thing that jumped out and was one of my main topics was our wing defense, which, I you know. Any defense of the Knicks is going to be kind of sloppy this year, but like I said about Anthony Tolliver and um, Anthony Tolliver looked good, which should say enough. But uh, Tobias Harris toasted us. I'm I'm not going to talk about the OKC Wings because they toast pretty much everyone in the league. Um, man on the wing, Beasley could become Beasley could become a finishing guy for this team when we're in games because I think he's our best. Defensive option on, like, a 3-4 hybrid type player.
1: Yeah. So, so so who would you want to be in that lineup? I'd, I'd say we try to go with Lee Hardaway. Hopefully one of them would be able to handle the point guard duties. Then Beasley, Porzingis, and a center. Is that? Yeah, is
0: something that really like that. Better? Yeah, I, I think the Knicks, at a certain point, you have to live with your best players on the court. <laughs> both, yeah. both bold strategy there um yeah you either canter uh has been playing great Hernan Gomez um you know that the end of the game partially a couple positions come down to feel you know whoever's having a day yeah um they they could start doing offense defense stuff so we'll see um that we'll uh we'll segue that into um and then I kind of went back court, but I left out a very notable name because he's coming up next. But uh, Sessions and Tim Hardaway Jr. debuts. What what do you got on them?
1: I mean, Sessions, thumbs thumbs down. Just he's a backup point guard. That's what he is. And when you put a back guard, backup point guard, as your starting point guard, you notice it. There's a reason that he he was on the. Hornets bench last year a team that didn't make the playoffs and he should not be starting ever. <laughs> I'd say, I'd say uh, 29 other teams in this league are aware of that and they have addressed their point guard situation accordingly unfortunately the Knicks are not one of those teams and then I mean Hardaway he's good we know he's good it's there he just had a couple off games I mean he's he's made some shots he's missed some open ones but I mean that happens he's just just it, it wouldn't be as noticeable as if we were in the middle of the season already. We have a couple of bad games, but if you start the season with a couple of bad games, then people are starting to talk. But that's that just happens. You know, he's a good player. He'll be there. He'll be he'll start hitting his shots and then hopefully he'll be a good compliment to Porzingis.
0: Yeah, the I I mean, Tim Hardaway Jr. at the end of that second game looked like what we signed up for. I mean, obviously expecting three of three or three of four from three is too high but Tim Hardaway Jr. is going to be good where the the question kind of is like how good is he going to be is he going to be 14 points per game is he going to be 18 points per game so we'll see um and yeah Sessions you pretty much pegged I will say in the second game he looked better but I mean just not I mean not a threat at all. It's like what what part of Ramon Sessions' game do you fear? Like defense, driving, passing, shooting? Like no, like he's he's very okay at all of that, but yeah. I I don't know. There's there's not one thing that you could say, well, even if Sessions draws a tough matchup, you know, he's going to be solid on defense or you know he's going to be swinging the ball. Like he doesn't I don't know. That's we that's that's going to bring us right into our our mid-range floaters, the again warm and starting to take your shot. Everyone loves a good mid-range floater, and it's uh, Frank Nitty So Frank Nidalekina made his debut. He's also he he got hurt in practice and he's already been, been nicked up. I'll, I mean I'll start it off. He he obviously was shook in that first game, which is more than fair. And then he came in and he looked a little more respectable. And then he rolled his ankle again. It's I I don't know you. you again, what could you really expect from him coming in? I I think it's <laughs> much more realistic what happened than if he came in and <laughs> put up even a 12 and five. <laughs> yeah. So, so I mean, when your expectations are there, it is what it is. I At this point, you just want to see him get healthy and I, you kind of want to see his identity start to form, right? Just how I talked about Sessions. Sessions doesn't have a, go to anything right now I think at the end of the year if you could look at Frank and say wow he's he's either had some good passes or you know his shots pretty decent or he's doing good stuff on defense I think that's kind of what what you're looking for but we'll we'll see if we get there
1: yeah I mean he is so young I mean we knew this when we drafted him we knew he's a long-term prospect so we weren't we weren't ready we weren't we didn't think this was gonna be a twenty-point debut from Frank. So, uh, I liked his size. He was—he's a big guy. He's got long arms. He's skinny. He's gonna put on some pounds in the next couple of years, but that happens every. Porzingis was a tiny, tiny guy when he got here. He's built now, and uh, so he's gonna take some time. We know that. Hopefully, he develops his shot. Doesn't airball every single time this year. I mean, so far, two games, through two games, he's airballed every single shot, which is not what you want. (laughs) Hopefully we can change that.
0: That was was not the goal coming into the year.
1: Yeah, so, Um, yeah, I like him. I like him. I like what we got. He's going to take some time. Not ready to hit the panic button on him. He just was. He was shook, like you said, game one. Just get some nerves out. He'll be fine.
0: Yeah, at this point, it's kind of get him – Get him 100% healthy. He's already dipped his toe in the water. Let's, you know, don't give him too much. Let's see what he's got naturally and then kind of fall from there. Yeah, you'd like Um, to see
1: him playing, like, 20 minutes per game, maybe after after game 20, try to get him up to there. These first 20 games, I I don't think he's going to be there yet. He's probably just going to be where he is right now. Yeah,
0: that's obviously one of the big things to watch for the Knicks is how Frank develops basketball wise minute wise, you know, and what goes on with sessions Baker does another body have to be brought in at a certain point yeah. um i i I think we need to nip this in the well no we'll <laughs> i was I was gonna go on a ron baker spiel we'll we'll catch up to that later i well, I, don't I, have got, the for-
1: <laughs> I got a good uh i got a good uh comparison for uh sure for sessions sessions is kind of like chris carter for the uh, yankees this season you know? <laughs> he's just like we we need a first baseman we need a point guard this guy i guess but he's bad he's bad he shouldn't <laughs> he's, yeah, he's
0: just he's not good enough to be getting the minutes he is
1: yeah like chris carter can hit a home run we know that but he he shouldn't be getting five at-bats a game four at-bats a game <laughs> for, especially for an ALCS team. Yeah, fortunately, fortunately they got rid of that problem. So hopefully the Knicks are able to do the same. Yeah, I. That's probably why I made the comparison. It's like a very wishful.
0: Yeah, I think that's if, we'll we'll turn that into a borderline hot take. If if the Yan- if the Knicks end the year without <laughs> Ramon Sessions on the roster, I think that'd be okay. Which is kind of mean. <laughs> I don't love saying that. Uh, the The other thing I have in mid range floaters is that man Porzingis brought it. I yeah, mean, he's, what? He's good. The if I don't, it could have been everyone's number one question. It's definitely a top three question, but it was gonna. How does Chris Stapps play, being the one option? And he's balled out so far. He's um, I mean, what's he doing right now? He's thirty-two points per game, eight and a half boards, one block, one and a half assist, twenty-eight per. If that means anything, uh, homeboy, homeboy's been balling, and he tried to do some like mean stuff in that OKC game.
1: Yeah, he was missing he was, some, some
0: He dunks. was trying to dunk on dudes and all that. So, Chris Stapps has looked good. I, my, It got noted in the broadcast, and your, your brother and another, a lot of basketball correspondent, Ken Poon, said that, uh, you know, he wanted us to note that Porzingis was posting up, uh, well, Stanley Johnson, but more importantly, like, <laughs> it's kind of funny because there's post-up moves, And then there's just being big. And he was saying that Chris Epps was just flat out just shooting over him, like kind of, (laughs) kind of doing that. And I thought it was, you know, you you start wondering, you know, if Porzingis, he's not going to finish the year at 32 points a game. I'll I'll, hot take, but (laughs) Porzingis, I don't know. You start thinking signature moves, which is kind of funny. And I think when, Porzingis gets remembered or hits his stride as a perennial all-star or whatever it is, man, just a pick and roll. When they pick and roll with Porzingis and he catches it smoothly, there's nothing the defender can do. It's a yeah. seven foot three guy shooting a three ball. <laughs> so when I, I think that's kind of going to be like the go-to, like when they show like a Chris Stapps Porzingis highlight reel, there's going to be three of him just screen pop bang
1: yeah and i think uh he's definitely jump shot is gonna be his thing he's gonna be a jump shooter he's gonna be one of the best shooters in the game but game one we were seeing him drive a lot and he was doing a good job he was he was finishing at the rim he had some really nice layups in traffic so i I didn't expect that you don't expect that from a seven foot three guy being able to get through the lane and finish somehow but he was able to do that i was surprised i'm happy to see that i i want to see him uh i know last year a lot of the time he was working on his like uh post up fade away post up turnaround jumper and it was bad last year i haven't really seen it this year hopefully he's he's still committed to that basically like his his version of the dirk shot where where it's unguardable so hopefully, hopefully he works into that he's gonna be catch and shoot i think he's gonna be dominant just yeah, needs...
0: it's, it's going to be fun, right? Like he's probably yeah. going to have a, a bunch of nights where he, he kind of does these mid 30 games. And then there's going to be a couple nights where it's not there and it's, it's going to be ugly all around, but that's fine. Like let, we'll, we'll let him figure it out all, all year. Yeah. Um, I would say, and the other thing on that, I mean, that's probably another next step for him is getting to the free throw line a lot. Cause he's a good free throw shooter. And it's, I mean, you look at the top free throw shooters in the league. Well, minus like guys like Drummond and DeAndre Jordan, attempt-wise, like it's a lot of the best players. I mean, James Harden gets a free like 15 points per game. <laughs> he, he just gets free throws. So I, I'm sure that's something Chris Steps has been focusing on. And you could just tell it in his takes. He's being hyper-aggressive right now, which
1: is cool. Yeah, he's going to have to learn how to draw, draw fouls on the jump shot too. Like we're saying, yeah. I know Dirk was good at that. You get him with the pump fake, kind of lean in a bit, and then you still get like a pretty good look. You get yeah, hit, he, but you you shoot it
0: still. He he got Stanley pretty good. It was pretty. Uh, Stanley gave him like a big bump, like the whole crowd gave like a whoa. Like you kind of got to call that when they threw it to Porzingis in the post, and they didn't. And then, um, so Porzingis went all right, and he posts him up. And he did just that. He got Stanley's arm right there and did the Durant rip move pretty much. Yeah. And he got an and one. So that was pretty cool.
1: Nice. Good to hear. Chris
0: Stapp's good. <laughs> so part of the, one of our closing for the main topics right now, I named it the dagger just cause I, I don't know. I was trying to think of something at the end of the game. Like my second best idea was called drawing up the play. Cause that's an important part of it. And I was like, that's the biggest loser thing I've ever heard. So, if you guys have a better term than the dagger, send it over. But And this was funny, especially when when we did talk in Yanks this year. It was kind of funny because I'd say every one out of four weeks, there was like an injury or a trade and something that you were like, okay, this is the big topic we have to discuss. For a lot of weeks, kind of the main topic is like, was what are we? Yeah. Um, and I, I didn't want to put the Knicks there, especially after two games. But I, I literally did list it as, what are the Knicks? And I guess more so reactionary-wise, like, the Detroit game, they blew a 21-point lead, which I don't like, but I, I kind of like that they lost. Like, at the end of the day, we're still playing for a lotto pick this year. Is it – should we be happy win-lose all year? Like, is that, like, the most optimistic thing ever? Like, where, where should we be on this?
1: yeah i mean i would never root against the knicks in a game but when they lost to the thunder i like i didn't feel like dead inside like when right. your team when your team loses a game you're like oh my god that's the worst you shall you saw chris stabs do some good things you were like wow all right that was good then you saw some bad things you're like that wasn't good but then they lose the game by 20. that's fine that's fine by me not happy about it, but I'm not not gonna be upset
0: right and... it's It's a weird mix of emotions like i i my joke was i <laughs> I actually said it was I wanted the Knicks to start off the year playing kind of okay, just get crushed like during December and January when teams start like fully trying, play decent again, like right after the all star break, and then just fully tank again. Now I think I'm changing that to Like I think I need the Knicks winning like one every three games. That gets them kind of around their projected record, and like winning at the Garden just because that's that's more fun. (laughs) So, but like that's such a crazy mindset. Like I, part of me hates it. Part of me likes it.
1: Yeah, there's just no expectations this year with Carmelo Anthony on the team. It was like nice. Maybe we could get the eight seed, but I mean the eight seed's still bad in the East, but. The team that they have right now, there's just not – it doesn't look like they could make the playoffs on their a, on their best day.
0: That's a great point. That during the Carmelo years, especially with those that like one-and-a-half seasons the Knicks were like really good, you, you kind of kept – you had it in the back of your head like, well, if Porzingis takes the jump and Ramon Sessions is actually good at basketball and Tim Hardaway Jr. can score 30 a night, okay, yeah, the Knicks could do something. This year, there's just like too many. You're just
1: yeah.
0: You're you can't even be hopeful for that, really.
1: So, yeah, I just don't envision the, going into season. I haven't envisioned the playoffs. I haven't thought about it. I just don't think it's a realistic option at this yeah. point, based on trading away your best player for Enis Cantor. It's not. <laughs> that's the thing that they did. Would, and, Old strategy, uh, Cotton. Ugh. I gotta, I gotta go off about the the Cant, the Carmelo trade now. Please, it's just for a little bit. Please, it looked fine based on like what the available options were, but now that we see Hernan Gomez not getting in the game because we have Enos Cantor, that trade is horrible. That's an absolutely yeah. terrible trade. We, you, you got like the talent level of a play, of of player you wanted. From a Carmelo trade in Enos Cantor, but that is not the right position. You we have a logjam at center. We have, you know, three center three actual centers already. And then our best player is seven feet three inches tall. And we're gonna say that he's not gonna play a center. Are you are you sure? <laughs> yeah. You might you might have to play center at some point since you're the tallest person on the team. That's just like that's just basketball rules. From <laughs> that's basketball one one. <laughs> parks and Rec to, to whatever. I mean, I'm five ten. If I'm if I'm at the gym, I'm the tallest person. Hey, you're the center. Go post up. Right. That's that just happens. So we trade Carmelo Anthony, and we get the one position that we don't need. And that that hurts. That's that's hurting because coming to this year, I think a lot of Knicks fans, including myself, were like, all right, we have. Zingis, Hardaway Jr., and Hernan Gomez. And we're going to develop them as our core three going forward. And then game one, you see Hernan Gomez not get into the game until they're losing by 20 with three minutes left. And you're like, wow, what's going on? How is this going to affect our future? Is this guy actually the center of the future, as all of us Knicks fans thought? Or is he actually sitting on the bench in a – game one of the season
0: yeah I, I made the joke to you live when it was happening that you know bold strategy by the knicks to put in their second best player with only four minutes left in the game yeah because that's you could feel that way about w- willie hernan gomez and not necessarily be wrong like yeah. it's half joking but like he is he's a young enos Cantor kind of right now enos is a little better on the boards but like Willie's all around game could be much better
1: than his canter. Yeah, Willie has potential on offense. He was developing a jumper last year. I mean yeah. that so, he's got Marcus' potential on offense.
0: I'm I'm gonna bring this. So we're gonna do the awards segment. I, I mean I copied a lot from Talking Yanks because it kinda worked, baby. Um so I'm we're we're gonna do our awards. This one was straight thief. I'm gonna do my pride of the Knicks. And I'm I'm gonna choose Kylo Quinn because I he's he's the missing part of the conversation we just had, right? Kyle Quinn, we kind of got, you know, a young talented guy who I think he needed an opportunity to play more. And the way the NBA has developed around him has benefited him. He's, he is now kind of the, the perfect bench four five guy. He comes in and bangs. Dude, his, his emotion and stuff in the home game was awesome. He was, he went crazy eyes at one point on the ref. He was freaking out on the bench. He he put up, what was it, 16 points in 20 minutes, something like that. That's, those stats aren't right, but I'll, I'll throw them out there. Um, he Let me get the actual number. He went 24 minutes, 6 of 7 from the field, 3 of 3 from the free throws. So he had 15 and 7 boards and 3 assists in 24 minutes. And, man, this – Here's another guy cutting into Willie's minutes, but you feel <laughs> it's kind of messed up. You feel like he should, because yeah. he has a different game than <laughs> William <and> Cantor. <laughs> but man, he so I, I'm gonna I guess I'll pat Horn a sec on the back. Not that he really deserves it, but something that was kind of cool that I mentioned um, in the postgame wrap up, maybe I didn't, was the Knicks are running a lot of their offense through their big man which, you know, makes sense because, A, you don't have a point guard. B, Porzingis, and, well, when Cantor gets the ball, he's a black hole, but usually he puts himself in a position when he gets it, he's in a good shot, good spot to operate and do what he does. But O'Quinn, Porzingis, even Willie, I mean, they're – I even mentioned Noah when he gets back because if you have to give him anything, the guy's a good big man facilitator. They're, they're going to be putting a lot of pressure on the defenses that way, which is going to be interesting to see. I, I would say – I mean, do you think – this is kind of the hot topic. Do you think the Knicks are auditioning O'Quinn to be traded? How, how do you see this big man stuff figuring itself out?
1: I think they have to be because I know last year they were thinking about trading him just because where they were and where he is. He's good. He's a good player. So that's the only reason I can see it's like, ah, I can't. I mean, I can't fully understand Hernan Gomez not playing, but since you have Cantor and you have O'Quinn, who are two centers who deserve to play, and there's only 48 minutes in a game, that's why he's not playing. And that's why they have to get rid of him. They have to get rid of somebody, and it's either going to be Oquin or, or Hernan Gomez. But we all believe that Hernan Gomez is a future face of this franchise not the face but one of them so you have to believe that Oquinn is is going to be gone and he, he only makes four million dollars which is great and he's good at basketball he's he has the energy he'd be perfect for a playoff team and you you
0: he'd be legit perfect for a playoff team i mean energy big guy off the bench who can get buckets and do his thing will We'll see. I mean, you wonder if it could turn into a salary cap transaction or something like that where the Knicks can trade him and get a little more assets if they eat some cash somehow or something. It's yeah. it's something to watch for. I just the tough part about the NBA is I mean, when when do trades start? I mean teams yeah. are still trying to figure themselves out for at least twenty games. Yeah. So, And if we're going to leave Willie Hernan Gomez on the bench for 20 games, I mean, that just seems like a huge mistake. <laughs> yeah,
1: I so. think last year there was rumors that the, the Knicks were looking for a first-round pick for Kylo Quinn. So I think that might just be Phil Jackson being Phil Jackson and just thinking that he can get more than he can get, passing on Derek Rose for Ricky Rubio because he wants some other random guy on the, the Timberwolves involved. So, I think if they can get a second-round pick from a team, hopefully from one of those, I don't know, top 10 teams, and hope that those teams own a better second-round pick from somebody else. Yeah. So, we want to pick basically, I don't know, 40 to 45, hopefully, for a win. I think that's what you settle for. I,
0: I think you'd be okay with that. But man, he he's kind of been balling. If if this if this is a genius audition plan and it keeps working out, I, I could see them getting a first easily. Or like I said, I you know you don't want to strap yourself cap wise because of Kylo Quinn. But if you could do like one of those Brooklyn Nets trades where you eat yeah. a manic contract, get a player, ideally a point guard, and maybe a first round pick. I mean, that would be absolutely ideal. But
1: so let's trade. Uh, let's get Emmanuel Mudiay. How about that? Man, it ran through my
0: head the other day. I mean, the only thing that I think is not in the Knicks' fave year, favor, as I say now, is that they just cut Jameer Nelson, which was a huge sign of faith that they <laughs> believe in Moutier. So I'm guessing Moutier isn't at his low point value-wise within the Nuggets. A, a couple tough games, maybe we'll see. But I don't know. That would... I mean, An, he's on, uh, another yeah. young point guard. Seems like a necessity. <laughs> yeah,
1: he's he's not starting. At least that's the good thing that we can think. They got Murray and Harris starting right now. Yeah, for, it's for kind of, the time being. It's least. it's
0: it's kind of funny. You click around games in the league and you see other teams' back up point guards, and you're like, "Wow, I'd kill to have that guy running my <laughs> yeah. my running the show for the Knicks." Which you have to think it turns into a body at some point. But again, we'll see.
1: Who you got? Yeah. And I, I mean, the Nuggets are the type of team who might need a type, a player like O'Quinn too. So, yeah. hopefully that. I mean, let's keep it. Let's mark that down and hope that that happens at the trade. Marking
0: job. that down, hoping that happens. Greg, right. give me give me your uh, pride of the Knicks this week.
1: I mean, I'm gonna go with the obvious choice, Chris Porzingis. Just clearly the best player on the team. He's you see him working on his game, which is good. He's he's being a leader, he's being aggressive. You see him driving, you see him shooting, you see him doing other stuff, everything, basically. You're not seeing much from anybody else but else, but he's he's not getting down. He's just continuing to be aggressive throughout the entire game. Last night he started, what, seven for seven? Nineteen points. Like that. You love to see that from your best player. Even in a when you're having a down year, that's what you want. You want him to develop. The goal this season was to have Porzingis develop into something so that he can lead us to a championship in the future. And it looks like he's doing that.
0: Yeah. he He's looked really good. And I, you know, we talked a little bit because, I mean, every week this year one of us could say Porzingis is the pride of the Knicks. So yeah. it's tough. But this week he actually was because, I mean, man, like you said, this was his first time as the dude and – <laughs> kind of at the Knicks. There was no one else you could really pick on the Knicks that you said. <laughs> I mean, O'Quinn balled out pretty good. Chris Kristaps balled out pretty good. Outside of that, I mean, then it kind of drops off to, like, Cantor, who I said was missing for halves.
1: So... <laughs> yeah, and um, it's, it's tough because your our second option is O'Quinn balled out for a backup center. You know? Yeah. Yeah. He didn't score 20 points, but he did a good job for a backup center, which shouldn't okay. be a highlight. But yeah, unfor- right. Unfortunately, that's what we're that's where we're at.
0: I feel like there's going to be a lot of Knicks highlights like that this year. Um, so the, another part of the wards and the talking Yanks, we used to do the Yankee mother fluffer. Uh, for the Knicks, I said we were going to call it the Dolan of the week because the owner, James Dolan, I – I was picturing the worst Nick thing I could, and that's what popped up in my brain. And I'm man, I've been flip-flopping a little bit. I I don't I like to keep these short and sweet because I don't like to really give the hate. And I'm actually gonna split it up right now because it's two things. I, I my initial reaction was Tim Hardaway Jr. just because he he had a couple off shooting games. It kind of is what it is. Again, you know shoot or shoot. This guy's gonna shoot a lot this year. He's gonna have good nights and bad nights. It's not like he did anything terrible. I'd, I'd say the, the, like I mentioned before, with wing defense, you'd like to t- see him take a slight leap there and help out on that end. Um, I think the buckets will come. The other one, I mean, I, I kind of went this way after looking at the score sheet and kind of we were hoping this guy showed us a little something more this year because just because we need it. And Courtney Lee, man, Courtney Lee. Two games, 30 minutes, he's averaging six and a half points, two boards, two assists, which, I mean, and again, his PER this week was technically 2.7. I know small small sample size, two games, fam. But this is a guy that we've talked about when the Yanks want to play well, we kind of want him being like (laughs) our point guard. He's our best defender on the wing. Um, You kind of rely, you're going to get a couple – you know, a couple corner threes are going to go up. He can get a couple other buckets kind of doing his own thing. He wasn't really here this week. Again, short week, and I, I don't want to delve on it, but another guy who could be a trade asset too <laughs> if things go right or wrong.
1: Yeah, I think my my uh, low points, my low guys for the week, obviously we've touched on the point guard position. Just as a, as a whole, I think they, they win the award. Um, you just didn't see it. Just backup point guards playing starters' minutes. We just have a uh, a good backup point guard play for 20 minutes and a bad backup point guard play for 28 minutes. <laughs> that's yeah. that's the Knicks this year. And then the other guy I think I, we have to mention is Hornacek. Just not putting Willie in the game. And it's I don't want to. It's not entirely his fault because he's he's not he was not given much to work with at the point guard position. Right and he was given too much to work with at the center position. But you, you have to figure out how to put Willie Hernan Gomez in the game, in my Yeah, part. at he least played, for a stretch. See, he played four minutes for in two games combined. So just put him in, like where, where he put Frank in in the first game, he should have put Willie in like that type of minutes Yeah, at least. And so just see what he's got for those four minutes in the first half. Who cares about those four minutes anyway? Just get this guy into the game. Or, I mean, try to work out something where you got two of those centers, one of them playing power forward. I don't know. Working yeah. Out. Make it happen.
0: I, I just thought of this, but, you know, he got a DNP coach's decision against the Pistons. And the Pistons are one of the few teams that plays a center, basically, the whole game nowadays. They go Drummond to Boban. Yeah. Um, who again? Another potential point guard candidate with Bobon. but I mean that's 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 tough to see. You 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 have to give him a you have to give him some run. I I know it's tough, but we'll see on that. Um, yeah, and also, I, I think sorry, you got it.
1: I was, I'm I'm going to move on to to Hornacek's defense. Okay, last year legitimately horrible. This year. Not good so far. I mean, they played the Thunder. Not until, only gave up 107 points or something, which isn't terrible for the Thunder, but they lost by 20, so it was horrible. And then Stan Van Gundy, during an interview, said, like, yeah, I, I'm not really sure what they were doing. They had Porzingis on, Tobias Harris, <laughs> at, like, the most important part of the game. So we just we just went after that because we got this guy who's absolutely going off being guarded by a 7 foot 3 guy this athletic wing being guarded by a 7 foot 3 guy i know you want porzingis to be able to do that but in reality he's 7 foot 3 he's going to be slow he's not going to be able to to stick with that guy and when the other team is like wow i can't believe they're giving <laughs> us that right now that's when you know that you're not doing a good job
0: yeah, that's. I was looking at some of the team stats. I mean, right now they're technically opponent points per game. They're 18th out of 30th, which is okay. Their points per game is 28th out of 30th. And <laughs> I, this isn't a great attitude, but I, I I'd rather see that number flipped. I'd rather see the offense clicking pretty good and the defense getting beat up. But right now it's the defense getting beat up and the offense not doing well. So, <laughs> And I, we, we danced around this earlier because I, I thought we'd get to it here. We'll, we'll do a quick good cop, bad cop on Ron Baker. I'll, I'll go good cop because you'll be better at the bad cop. Uh, the, his second game, Baker looked pretty good. His stat line was solid. And he looked, like I said, he looked like a respectable backup point guard for a little bit. He, he passed the ball around a little bit. He, it's kind of funny when he starts dribbling and doing something cool. It gets like an ooh and ah from the crowd because he's kind of like a oh white guy, which is <laughs> pathetic but true. Um, and the other thing you're – I'll mention it in the good note, and, it, again, your brother kind of mentioned it in his bad note. His defense – he has a defensive skill set. He knows the game. He, he can anticipate. Um, and he's a hustle guy. So there, there were a couple – he got a steal and a couple pokes on just, you know, a point guard casually doing the rounds around a screen, and Baker kind of cuts it off and jumps in front. So I get where Baker's getting some of the love. But (laughs) I'll let you go for the rest of it.
1: Yeah, so if you ever read Nick's Reddit, if you go to the blog, the the Nick's Reddit page, they love Ron Baker. You'd think that he played defense like Andre Roberson. But you see this guy play in game one, like maybe his first play in the game, Russell Westbrook just... He's guarding Russell Westbrook, to be fair. But Westbrook didn't just drive past him. He literally just posted him up. Took, like, three dribbles to the hoop and made a layup. And it was like, that's not Westbrook's game. Like, I know it's Westbrook, but do something. Try to play defense. He yeah. tipped some passes, which is good. He uh he also, like, gambles on defense to tip those passes and just leaves his man, which is, right. like, don't, I know, like, sometimes it's a good result, but you just left your man wide open. And if the other team... Is gonna eventually realize that you do that every single time. They're just gonna pass it to that guy, and he's just gonna make a three. So, like, hey, don't do that, Ron. And then offensively, last season, he shot twenty six percent from three. <laughs> this season, he missed his first one. He's made his next two. Yeah. So he's two for three on the year, which is a, an improvement over twenty six percent. He is a uh, not a good free throw shooter. He was what was he two for six in game one? <laughs> yeah, that was a- from from your point guard? Ron Baker's was- shooting two for six. It's like, uh, maybe you shouldn't be in the NBA if you're the point guard shooting two for six. And then I mean offensively cannot dribble a basketball. Like Yeah. Uh, that's you can't dribble the basketball. These guys unguarded, <laughs> dribbling the ball, lost the ball more than one time against the Thunder you're the point guard learn how to dribble nobody's guarding you don't throw behind back behind the back passes to the other team just just be a chill guy just dribble the ball pass it to Porzingis (laughs) and I won't complain just dribble the ball go run to the corner stand there for the rest of the session and you you can have a thumbs up in my book but sometimes Ron Baker's just like all right I'm I'm good I know last year at one point he like had a good game. The next game he comes out, he's just like shooting step back threes, and it was just like Ron, what are you doing?
0: Yeah, the the word the words you were just using kind of reminded me of Kuzminskis from last year. There was games where Kuzminskis was finishing the games, looked like a solid shooter, like role player, and there was games where he looked like he should have never been on an NBA court. And I think I think that's going to be the definition of Ron Baker this year.
1: Yeah, and where where is Kuzminskis? You know, he's yeah, bad. he
0: he wasn't dressed yesterday again. You know, and I, he I meant I mentioned the offense. Is he
1: hurt? I don't think he's hurt. I think he might just be bad.
0: Yeah, oh, well,
1: I like yeah. him. I like the guy. When he's on, he's good. He's he's the type of guy who they pass him the ball and you think he's gonna make a three, but then he misses and you're like, ah, oh, he he should have made that. He's good. <laughs> yeah. He's good enough to make it, but yeah. I think he yeah. misses. This is enough for us to be able to say that he's not a good shooter.
0: He'll he'll find a way to dress soon, whether injury or whatever it is. Yeah, Lance, um, right Lance. now, hey Lance Lance Thomas did, got a DNP coach's decision last game too. So okay. I mean, Lance Thomas and Willie Hernan Gomez are guys that have finished out games for the Knicks, and they're getting DNP's. So the the rotation's definitely something to watch. Yeah,
1: I mean, I like Lance. A lot of the time his his plus plus minus looks pretty bad, but he looks good on the court. He's when he's knocking down threes, he's a good player. Yeah. I mean you could say that about anybody, but
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah if I, if I make all my threes, I'd be pretty decent. Yeah. Um, let's uh so uh, that that covers a lot of this week uh, next egg night call from way downtown bang um, no, I didn't put in that last part and I probably won't ever speak in that voice again. But it's kind of the the look at the upcoming week, some thoughts, some predictions. We've got Tuesday at Boston, Friday home versus Brooklyn, Sunday at the Cavs. What do you what do you think, Greggy?
1: We could beat the Celtics. We could beat the Nets. You said yeah, we could beat yes, those. We could Friday. beat those two teams. But I mean, will we beat those two teams? Is a better question. I, I mean,
0: yeah. I mean um, this. This Week, we're just trying to get a win on the board, right? Whether it's yeah. against a depleted Boston or home versus the Nets, yeah, uh, or we're home versus the Cavs. But I, my uh, my thing of note for the Boston game is uh, Boston's so depleted right now. I mean, if I pride myself on knowing a lot of NBA guys and some of the guys they've got playing minutes off their bench right now, I've never heard of. Um, and that's kind of the Knicks' strength right now. Like, we've got depth. We've got guys like Beasley who can come in and do stuff. Um, the big men that we've talked about, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you wonder if, if that's an important part of the matchup. Um, in Boston, they've still got Kyrie and some other guys that play good basketball, so I'm not, not expecting the win. And hey, a loss is still okay. But that should be kind of interesting to watch.
1: Yeah, and uh, Celtics won their first game the other day. And leading the charge off the bench was Shane Larkin. Yeah. One, one of my least favorite players ever. When he was on the Knicks, he was just so bad. And then he went to the Nets, who were legitimately the worst team in the league the next season. And then he went to Europe because he was bad. And now he's on the Celtics for some reason, you know, because Danny Ainge was like, I guess there's no other players left. The Knicks just signed Ramon Sessions, so there must be no other backup point guards. <laughs> so let's let's
0: just get this guy guy while we can.
1: Yeah, that had to be what happened. So that's that's the Celtics bench you're talking about, and hopefully, I mean, if we could get Cantor or Hernan Gomez going against that bench, they could put up numbers against the bench. Well, well, like, I mean, we just tread water against the starters then those bench minutes, we could we could make moves. That could be our move going forward. Think about it, Jeff. I know you're listening. Yeah.
0: Jeff Hornacek. Yeah, I mean, guys getting minutes for the Celtics. Aaron Baines. Aaron Baines getting a lot of minutes. Daniel Theus, Jubari Bird, um, Abdel Nader, who I do recognize from Iowa State, but shouldn't be getting big minutes for the team that was expected to win the East. So that'll be neat. Brooklyn, I mean, kind of a toss-up. Both teams want to win and lose. Cleveland. is Cleveland. We'll we'll see about that. Cleveland
1: just lost to the, the magic by like a lot. Yeah, time.
0: hey, I in the a lot of basketball preview I mentioned the magic as something to mention and everyone laughed at me. But hey, Coach Frank Vogel, gotta believe. Yeah. Believe land. Believeland in Orlando. <laughs> um well man, we, we covered a lot. I the last segment I kind of labeled as final thoughts. I was I was trying to think of another creative name here, like sixty second timeout but like that doesn't make sense that sounds like a timeout you're
1: you're pretty bad at the creative names i've noticed
0: yes yes um and i know what my best idea was i was gonna call it 30 second timeout last play of the game so i in my head it was like okay you got 30 seconds to draw up your argument and then like another 24 to execute but that's like really dumb again so well uh one minute for final thoughts um just anything that Thought was missed, I'll go first because I just made up this segment. Um, no, we, we covered a lot. I mean, the, the, the what to watch for this week is, I mean, I still don't think the point guards are anything to watch. Um, I'd really like to see Courtney Lee and Tim Hardaway Jr. kind of pick up their games. I guess that's that's what I'll be watching for this week. I know I know the bigs are going to give us something. You know, Beasley's kind of going to do his thing, whatever that thing is. I'd I'd like to see a big a big Tim Hardaway Jr. game and Courtney Lee be consistent. How about that?
1: Yeah, I think you gotta watch Chris Porzingis and just see what he's doing. And then you should also watch Enos Cantor, our second option on the offense. If those guys are going, then the Knicks are gonna be a fun team to watch. If not, then you know it's it's gonna be ugly out there unless Tim Hardaway Jr. is doing something. You're just gonna have Ramon Sessions shooting the ball, I guess. Yeesh. You don't want to see that. So continue to watch Porzingis develop. Watch Cantor just be a beast on the boards. Love, love his effort. You know, watch watch these effort guys, Cantor and O'Quinn. Those guys are fun to watch, at least, even if the Knicks aren't doing well. You love you love to see effort. Not Ron Baker, though. He tries really hard, <laughs> but he's an exception to the rule somehow. I don't know.
0: We, we like effort from everyone except Ron Baker. Exactly. <laughs> um, well, I, man, I, I think that was good pod. I, uh, I'll end it with kind of the generic stuff. Uh, subscribe on iTunes or whatever other forms, Android. Um, you know, download the podcast, whatever whatever you want to do with it. Just give us a listen. Maybe you might like it. Um, and, yeah, we'll talk in Knicks on Twitter. Uh, me and Greg are on there. we got some other contributors. And we're. Uh, I think we're going to do post-game write-ups for every game. So um check those out if you're into it
1: monday Um, mondays
0: mondays mondays and if you can't listen they'll be posted mondays listen then or listen whenever and have your whole family listen to it and all your extended friends so uh thanks uh go nicks maybe but this was uh this was talking nicks thanks guys
1: thanks for having me jig
0: for having us